I'm so glad that I can be here with you guys on this Sunday morning. And um, yeah, I'm just going to speak what God has been putting on my heart for the past few weeks. Um, and I know it's confirmed because he's been speaking about it constantly, even through videos and things that I see. I know that this is what God wants to speak about. So yeah, I mean, I hope you guys um, are here and listening and I hope that God speaks to you through this message. So let's get right into it. Um, I am going to get super personal. I'm going to open up about some things and I want you guys to be vulnerable with me um, and really hear what God is saying in this season. So how do you see your earthly father? And this goes beyond age. I'm from young people to the older people. Like, I want to know how you see your earthly father. Um, I know that some people may have never met their father. I know that some people, maybe you've had just a little bit of time on earth with your earthly father, but how do you really see your earthly father? People say that you see God the Father the way that you see your earthly father. And whatever you think about um, about your heavenly father is what's important to you. So le let me know in the comments what comes to mind when you think of your earthly father, if you're willing to be open about it. Um, I feel that it affects who we are as humans and who we grow up to become. So, um, you know, like openly speaking, like I obviously love my dad. He's super caring and nice. Um, but when I was younger, I didn't have that affectionate, um, the Hallmark movie like father daughter relationship with my dad. And the main reason was, was because, um, you know, he had to come to Canada when we were younger. And I think for about the most crucial age, which is like two or two to five or something like that, he wasn't a part of my life. And I felt that because we didn't have that connection, I grew more closer to my mother than my father. And I didn't realize that it really shapes who you are. And I felt that because of those, that time apart, even till now, like we don't really have that affectionate relationship. Although obviously I love my dad. My dad loves me. And those of you who know my dad, you know, he's super loving and caring. Um, we just don't have that complete, you know, that, I don't know, like I said, that hallmark type relationship. Um, I hear preachings all the time talking about, um, how people see, you know, God the way that they see their earthly father. And I realized that for myself, this was one of the reasons that I had my walls all the way up, especially when it came to relationships. Um, I realized that I was horrible in relationships. I felt that, um, you know, I had to be the tough person and I had to be super, you know, guarded all the time. And I, I didn't even show much grace and no one really knew that because when they know me, they think like I'm such a smiley, outgoing, loving person. But when it came to a relationship with a man, I felt that I was a totally different person and I was honestly a mess and nobody knew that but God. Um, I think the scariest part was deep down, even though I was super confident and I felt like I could do anything I wanted and you know I, I was such a bold like strong woman for myself deep down I felt that I wasn't worthy enough to be loved by a man much less God who wanted to be my father um, and I know it's crazy but it's the truth and I feel that a lot of us go through that 
comprehend, it's hard for us to comprehend how the God of the universe who created the entire world is willing to love you as a daughter or a son. Um, the Bible says that in Romans 8, 15, I'm just going to read it. It says, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. What's insane about this verse is that he didn't ask us to call him God the Father, or he didn't ask us to call him Elohim, which is his name, but he asked us to call him Abba, which is Daddy. And you know, I'm just I'm just gonna make fun of my brothers really quick. Um, coming from a Sri Lankan home, um, um, as you grow older, you're taught to not call your older sibling by name. So my, I have two younger brothers and I'm the oldest in the family. So, um, they never called me Priya. They always called me Akka. Akka means older sibling. And it's almost like a type of respect. And I know some people don't do that. Most people do in Sri Lankan families, you know. So, um, they, and then as you grow older and as we came here, like, and with all the society and everything, it's weird to call me up in public. So they never do that now. But, um, when they refer to me with, my parents or like between each other, they still call me Akka. And to me, like even hearing that, it's like super, it's almost like this loving relationship that when, when my brothers like call me Akka, it's like, to me, it's like deep. So when you hear the word father, most people kind of connect it with protection and provision and, and care. But I realized that if you talk to a lot of people, they don't really connect those words with father. When they think father, a lot of people think aggressive, um, a lot of people think absent or even abusive. So what they do is they take that and they clump it all together and they multiply it by a billion and think that is what God the father is like. So for so many people, when they hear the word father, all their broken images of their lives just begin to crystallize. See, God knew that that would happen. So that's why, you know, he, from the beginning of time, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, he was showing us glimpses of who he is. And that is why he even sent Jesus to us because God is the redeemer. He is all powerful. He is the healer. But at the same time, he's your personal and loving dad. It says, you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's spirit. And that's how we call him Abba Father. Um, you know, instinctively, we feel that to be a Christian, to be really loved by this this God who is our father, we have to pay off our debt. We have to pay all of our lives for our sin. But love from God is never earned. It's free. And he gives it to us freely and he gives us undeserved grace. And it's so wild to understand for us because we, even myself, I always feel that, you know, if I do anything wrong, automatically I'm like, oh crap, God must be mad at me. But that's not who God is. God the Father is always love. He's always constant love. Some people call their fathers dad. Others say daddy, others say pops. Like I call my dad appa, like in the Sri Lankan culture, culture, that's what we call my dad. Um, the Bible says there's something inside each and every one of us that when it ponders God, that our spirits just cry out, appa, like appa, like 
when I need something or, you know, when I want something, I don't go to, you know, my dad and say, hey, Mr. Subaraja, I say, Appa. And so that's what our, like, God is asking of you, like, to feel that love and connection in our heart where, you know, you want God so deeply that you don't go to God's throne saying, you know, Elohim, you go to God's throne saying, Appa. Like, that's what he's asking of us today. And he wants us to really be drenched in God's love. Like recently, even as I was, you know, I had none of this prepared, but like as God was speaking to me on what to speak about, um, I would just listen to worship music and I would just even like the other day, I was just doing my makeup and I was just listening to music and I just felt the tangible love of God just fill the room and I just began crying and I'm like, crap, I just put on my foundation. So then I had to remove it and put it on again because even now like I can feel like God's love is so tangible and what he wants is us to feel that daughter son, that that love between a father and a son and father and a daughter, that's what he's longing for. I'm not sure who needs to hear this word today, but God wants you to know him as Abba. He wants you to know him intimately. In Romans 8, 26, it says, In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And if you're like me and you've known God for so long, God is asking you to really put your walls down. And to me, I know that was a hard thing to do because my walls were really high and I only let God into certain areas of my life, but then certain areas I'm like, I can control it. I'm good. But he is your daddy. He's our father and he knows what's best for his child. And he wants us to really rest in his love so that he can really take care of us. Um, that's why the Bible says that we don't even need to say a prayer. You know how crazy that is? I know that a lot of us, when we pray, sometimes, you know, we pray with a lot of words, but sometimes for me, I have to say, oh, like, Appa. And even those words, it will reach the throne room of God. Just a groan is like your spirit, like the Holy Spirit just hears it and he takes it. So our groan can reach the throne of God. And that's how amazing our father is. Because we are human, it's merely impossible for us to completely understand and grasp the great God to be our dad. Um, like we're emotional creatures and, and God himself is emotional, but he's always constant in love. So let me put it this way. It's easy for us to see God as dad when we ask him for something and he gives it to us. When we pray for something and it's answered, when we ask for a favor of something that's impossible and God does the impossible, it's so easy to see God as our father. But what happens when we put our trust in God in something and it doesn't happen? Because we're humans, we get our trust broken. And and that happens to me all the time because I think, okay, well, God didn't answer this. So why do I need to trust God? Like I put my trust in God in this situation and he didn't answer it. So if he's my dad and he's all knowing, he should know that this means so much to me and he didn't answer it. But that is not true. That is a complete lie of the devil. What happens is we, we sometimes when we, like I said, when we trust in God and we we don't get what we're asked for, we pull back a little. And I don't even think we realize it, but human nature, it just does that. We pull back a little from God or we put our walls up again. You know, we put it down, we put it up and that's just, it's like a constant roller coaster with us. And what happens in our hearts is that, you know, our hearts go, okay, I've sinned. 
and God's anger with me. Um, you know, I'm not good enough in this area. And, you know, I understand if God doesn't want to bless me. And did you know, even saying stuff like, God doesn't need to bless me because there are other people that needs this blessing more than me is a sign of wound and pain in your heart because we believe we're not good enough for it. And God's like, you don't need to work for anything. You don't need to do anything. I'm just going to bless you because you are my child. So instead of us speaking from a place of hurt and rejection, God really wants us to just believe who he is and understand his heart. So that is precisely why Jesus even came to this earth. He came as a full blown man figure to show us the heart of Jesus. And yes, he is healer. He welcomes children, but he's the type of God that doesn't run away from brokenness. He runs to brokenness. And Jesus and the Holy Spirit were like are examples of how we can approach the Father. And some of us are so afraid you know, a lot of us have great relationships with Jesus. We have great relationships with the Holy Spirit. But when it comes to knowing God as Father, we're so afraid to approach God as Father because we don't know that side of God. And we're, you know, because of all the things in our past that has affected that relationship, we're really um, almost fearful to step into that realm. The enemy attacks families in unbelievable ways. The wildest part is that some of the lies you believed is not even because your father was a certain way or like your earthly father behaved a certain way. It's because we believed it and, and we believed we were unwanted and unloved. And, and that's the type of things that Satan made us believe and we just carried it on throughout our entire lives. You know, this year has been one of the toughest years for myself, and I'm sure for many of you who are watching, um, you know, at one point I was super confident um, in the season. I was like, okay, you know what, like um, things are not going the way I want it to go, but, you know, I trust in God and God has a better plan for me. And to be realistic, when I didn't see it happen in the few months that I was expecting to see it happen, I was a bit disappointed. I was like, okay, God, so what do you want me to do? I mean, you know, you're not really answering this prayer. You're not really doing like things that, you know, I, I thought I should do. I felt like, you know, I felt kind of bummed out and kind of hurt. And because I was like, where is this going? But one of the things that God was teaching me in this season was, if, you know, if God took away everything that made me, me, like I used to think like my job made me, me, like, you know, the salary made me, me, but what if God took away all that, like took away my, my, our jobs, our, our houses, relationships, our, our families. And what if God took all that away? Am I still happy just being with my father, my daddy, God, my Appa? Am I happy just being with him and being in his presence? And honestly, this has been a tough season, but God is teaching me that slowly. And he's saying, if, if all else fails, I need you to be my daughter. Like that's all I need you to be. And that is something God is asking of you this season. Just to trust and dwell and rest in God's love and be his daughter, be his son. That's all he wants is for you to experience that love. Do not believe the lies of Satan. God is always good. Um, there are so many times in my life that, you know, I would think that something was good for me, but God would reveal how good he is by saying no. Priya, no, that is not for you. And every time I received a no, now that I look back on it, that has been the best thing that has ever, ever happened to me. Because God will meet the desires of your heart. 
but he will do it in the way that he knows is best for his child. He is good and he's also sovereign. So to show that he is good, he will send you that no. And that no is to protect you. That no is to lead you into his will and away from the plan of Satan. And I know that's hard to understand now, but trust me, one day when you look back at why God said no, you would totally understand. When God said no to me before, back in the day, or, you know, I I would go into this crazy place. I'd be like, how could you say no? Like, this is perfect for me. If you love me, you would do this. And I used to be this crazy person, but it's, I didn't understand then that his no is him being good to me. His no is him being, him saying, I have something so much better for you and you just don't know it yet. And boy, I'm so glad he said no because God has changed my life so much from those times. Know that God is good even in the no's. If he says no, no to you, he's good. Um, the Bible says that no good thing he withholds from you. So he doesn't withhold anything good from you. So if he's ever saying no, it's not good for you. And he will meet the desires of your heart. In this season, God is really asking us not to just see him as God, because of course he is God, he's sovereign, he's all powerful, but he wants us to be, because because we're creatures built for relationship, to really know him as Appa. Like let your spirit just like you know, feel him like Appa, my father, my daddy. And just, he wants us to be super vulnerable. And I know that's hard. And I know it's harder for um, us who, who are so used to being like strong and like confident and, you know, not really being vulnerable. God is asking us to be vulnerable. And he's asking us to really like face whatever situation that comes our way. But even though it doesn't make sense, trust in God's timing. Wait in his God's timing. Our father is here for us and he's just he's just waiting to get to know you as his child. And I just pray and I'm going to pray with you guys that God is really going to bless you guys and that this season you're not alone. Um, but Abba Father is with you guys and he's he's just waiting to just hear from you for you to be in his presence and just fully rest in his love. God, I pray for every single person watching here today, Father God, those who've had fathers, those who, who've only met their fathers for a few years or who haven't, who haven't even met their fathers. God, I pray for every single son and daughter that's watching right now. God, I thank you because you are the father. Appa, you are our dad. You are the person that we can cling to. You are the person that we can come to no matter what we do. You don't judge us, God. You're there to just show us love. And I pray that whoever's going through this in this season, if they're feeling anything, any loneliness or um, or wounds that they may have, or even if they're afraid to approach you as dad, I pray that you would remove every lies of the enemy and just renew their love, Father God, renew their vision to see you, Father God, so they would see their identity in you, Lord God that they are a child, they were bought with blood of Jesus. And so, Father, I pray over every single person right now that feels they're not good enough or they feels that, you know, they're not worthy to be loved. Father, I pray that you would just shower them with love. And I thank you, God, whoever needs to hear this message, whoever this is for, I pray that they will be feeling the presence of God right now and that the love of Jesus will flow through the screen. I thank you, Lord God, that there's going to be a transformation in families, in lives through the season, Lord. And we love you, Daddy God. We love you, Abba. We love you, Father, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
hope you guys had an incredible Christmas season with your families and your loved ones. I know things have looked a little bit different due to recent and current events in uh, limited gatherings or virtual gatherings. But despite it all, I hope you were able to still spread that holiday cheer and watch Christmas movies, um, eat lots of good food, but most importantly, take some time to dwell and take in that a king was sent to us to be our savior, first and foremost. That is the most important thing about the Christmas season, and I know you guys hear it hundreds upon thousands upon millions of times, but it is, I'd say, the second most important teaching in our faith right after the resurrection message. So I hope you got some extra time to reflect on that, in particular this year, because Lord knows we need it. Anyways, I'm Jonathan, and I have a couple of things that I had on my heart or resonating in my spirit in the last couple of months. I just want to start off by asking you guys one question. If you could think of a single word or a single feeling or an emotion or just something to summarize or describe your 2020, what would it be? Whenever you ask somebody about the nature of this year, uh, the immediate response tends to be something along the lines of it was awful or it was the worst year ever or I'm completely over it or this year was so depressing and to be honest with you all of these responses make complete sense in an emotional and a mental health perspective you you wouldn't be considered crazy for saying that 2020 was a, 2020 was a bit of an anomaly, I guess. We pretty much went through the greatest shakeup of modern history, and I don't think there's any disputing that. Our workplaces were shaken up, uh, the schools were shaken up, the sports leagues and associations were shaken up, and like right now, our church institution and the way we did church was completely shaken. If we begin to even conceptualize or try to wrap our minds around everything that took place this year, our resolve almost immediately turns to the negative. But what our mind conjures up or has to say often tends to oppose what God is trying to say or what God is trying to do or birth within us. I'm just going to jump into the book of Romans chapter 12 verse 2, which reads, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. If we are being complicit in conforming with the patterns of this world, we are actually not aligning ourselves with the will of God, and we're actually denying what the will of God is upon our lives. World equals bad. Renewing our mind and tucking ourselves into the thought process that God intended, that's what reveals the will and the nature of God upon our lives. So staying in the same chapter, uh, I want to just go to the verse right before, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, which says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So as someone who's currently serving on the worship team, this verse 
shook me to the bone. Our own mind and the world systems wanted to tell us that 2020 called to cancel worship. The idea that singing together with our voices and instruments in one common place seemed to be what the church was perceiving to be what worship is. And don't get me wrong or anything, I love music, I love and adore corporate worship, but what this verse kind of highlighted is that true and proper worship isn't just that, it's to offer our bodies, to offer our beings as living and breathing sacrifices that's holy and pleasing to God. That's how Christ lived. Jesus lived every waking moment of his life being an ambassador of God's goodness, bringing forward the heart and the love of the Father towards people. Jesus' sole purpose was to be subservient to God. His sole mission was to act out what the Father wanted. And that to me is so beautiful and so touching. That truly sets an example of who we should be as Christians, what we should represent, how we should go about showcasing who the Father was. As Paul urged in the passage, to be a living and breathing sacrifice that is pleasing to God, I want to in the same way urge you. If you find that you have the tendency to use worship music as a crutch, per se, to attempt to grow closer to God, pause for a moment, turn to God and tell Him that you want to give up and sacrifice everything that you in your own mind think that you know, and give it to Him. Give Him your thoughts, give Him your worries, give Him your burdens, and cast it to Him. Ask Him to show you how to be, how to live, and how to become closer to Him. That's what true worship is. God is being called out of your your shame and your pain and your misery and your sin most importantly being going from rags to righteousness and being one with the father and walking alongside Christ because he's helping you and he's guiding you along the way that's true worship so i just i want to encourage you to to pause for a moment and relearn, rediscover what worship is, and God will guide your worship life, your worship experience to say in new ways, in monumental ways. That's what this year did to me. It shook up my idea of what I thought worship was and and flipped it around pretty much. God showed me not to lean on my own habits in order to access Him. I want to encourage or challenge you to just surrender yourself to God without the noise, without anything. And Jesus will take us out of our our place of complacency, take us out of our place of misery, and pull us out of our pit and make us whole again and restore us again. Restore our minds as the passage touch once again. Renew our minds in Him through worship, through true worship. So as I mentioned, Jesus was born to us as a king. He was 
sent to be our Savior, our Deliverer, not to make us just feel good, but to bring us out of our pain, to bring us out of our suffering, and to give us newfound purpose and destiny and fulfillment in our own lives. I'm not saying life is always easy as a Christian. That's not why Christ came. But regardless of the things that you go through, Christ continuously renews your mind as long as you choose to be alongside him. He will take your own thoughts, restore them into his thoughts, and he synchronizes his spirit with your own. And that's what I wanted to touch on next. We are inherently spiritual beings upon receiving and coming under the dominion of salvation. If we go to the book of John, chapter 3, verses 5 to 8, it says, Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. It's unraveled and revealed to us that we are actually spiritual beings when we are reborn through salvation. That is, once we come to know and truly accept Christ as our Savior, as our Redeemer, the Spirit of God, that is the Holy Spirit, stirs within our hearts and it synchronizes our spirit with the heart of the Father. There's a feeling that takes place once you truly give your life to Christ. And this newfound sensation is the awareness of God in which he's working in us. If we cling to our carnal selves and put our dependence on the world and the satisfactions of the world and everything that the world is trying to bring, it's as if we are playing tug-of-war with God and making our will more important than God's will and not allowing that renewal of our mind to take place. The way that God intended us to be is our spirit person, our spiritual being, should be stronger than our carnal self. When we are born into this world, we're born a sinner. So that's all we know. What we know is to be a carnal being. What we know is to be inhabitants of the earth and follow the ways of the world. But Christ calls us out of the world and Christ calls us to be like him, to be closer to God, to be like God. So we are doing God a disservice by listening to the world and listening to our flesh. We are allowing our carnal selves, our worldly desires, our earthly being to overpower the spiritual being that God intended us to be. We are basically choosing sin over righteousness willingly. Being born of the Spirit means to set aside and cast away what our flesh wants to do. Sometimes we tend to find comfort in, in things that we're used to. Uh, in our anger, in our lust, in our addiction. But Jesus calls us out of it. Jesus calls us out of fear. Jesus calls us out of anxiety. And once we cast our burdens to him 
And once we give everything to Him, there's a renewal that takes place. And the, the, the Spirit that is with us grows so deeply and so passionately that our spiritual being that wants to be like God overpowers our carnal being that wants to be of this world. And this is something that has been burdening me this year, that Christians know who Jesus is and know who the Father is, but remain comfortable in their pain. Or, I'm not saying they want to be there. I'm saying that they're not allowing God to make the change within them. A lot of people want to go back to back to their addictions, back to their forms of suffering because that's what they're used to and that's what they know. But God is calling you into a renewal. God wants to do something new in you and God wants your spirit to succeed. And God wants you to live your life in fulfillment and with purpose. And He has a plan for you. And that can only be accomplished by synchronizing your spirit and God's spirit. We can't bring our flesh to God who is is good and his spirit is good. As human beings we get comfortable in our sin at times. We want to stay in our anger, we want to stay in our lust, our addiction, our depression and anxiety, but God has so much more in store for us and he can pull us out of that. He can deliver us. He can bring us out of all these things if we allow him to and don't try to hold on to our problems and hold on to our suffering. Sometimes that can be a scary thought process, but all it tends to do is to separate ourselves from God even further. You choosing humility over anger, over being offended, speaks to the character of Christ. That's what enhances your spiritual connection with the Father. But if we give in to the qualities of the enemy, and the traits of the enemy, we're doing more for the kingdom of the world and for the enemy's kingdom. That is the distance, or that is the separation of spirit and flesh. So in turn, this is what 2020 taught me. It really showed me what it meant to separate our spirit from our flesh. And I mean, I used to be an intermittent believer of Jesus throughout various stages in my life. And when I thought I knew what it meant to be a follower, truly, back a couple of years ago, Jesus completely shook my life in areas that I didn't expect. I want to encourage you to allow 2020 to do the same thing for you. I don't know, this year shook things up a lot, to say the least. And people have suffered a great deal, I'd say, not only due to the pandemic, but in several areas of life. Um, we, as a family, lost our grandpa this year, and it wasn't an easy time, but God still provided comfort, assurance, and protection for our family, despite what took place. And God is still God, and God is still good. We, as a church, have not been able to regularly gather or attend church in a normal way for going into a year now. But despite that, we're still here. 
we're still doing this and God is still God and God is still good. And I know the enemy tried to kick us down and 2020 tried to keep us down and all of that, but you're still here and God is still good. And God wants to do so much within us and God wants to restore your spirit and renew your mind and revitalize you and restore your passion and restore your successes and he, he wants to birth a new thing in you and I truly believe it. I just want to encourage you to allow the shaking of this year to do a new thing in you. After many technical difficulties, I wanted to end this and conclude this with one last thought. Uh, going into the last week of this year, I want to encourage everyone, rather than looking back in the past at how things might have gone right this year, I want you to recognize how God has strengthened you in the season, how God has sculpted you um, during 2020. And I want you to look forward to what God will continue to do for you, to grow closer to learning the heart of God and to allow the Holy Spirit to develop our spiritual senses and overcome our fallen nature, rise us into the spiritual being that that God intended us to be through salvation. And as a final challenge of this year, I want to ask you, what is your battle or what is your war of 2020? Is it whether or not you decide to allow a renewal of your mind? Is it the battle that you continue with your close friends and family due to insignificant things that aren't helping you, them, or most importantly, God? Or do you choose to side with God in his war against the enemy, the battle that actually matters in our world and in our situation? Do you choose to side with the spirit entering into the next year, regardless of how things may look next year? What is going to be the battle that you choose to overcome in 2020, stepping into the next year? Don't look back on your sin. Don't look back on your 2020. Thank you guys so much for listening. Take care. Wow, Priya and Jonathan, you guys did amazing. Thank you so much for delivering that amazing word. So if you want to make Jesus your personal savior, in the chat below, you will see, raise your hand. Click onto that so we will know that you want that you want to accept him as your savior. And also, you could also send us a personal message on our Instagram page or even on Facebook and let us know that you are new to the journey and we want to do whatever it takes to just help you on this path. If you liked our service and you want to get to know us more, please jump on Zoom. The, the link will be provided below on our chat and we would love to get to know you. Also, I just want to say happy early new year. We can't wait to see what God is going to do in 2021. And we love you so much. Bye, guys.